Jesus Christ is risen. What joy, what love. These are the words of Easter. And these are the words that we listen to today. The joy and the love of Jesus. We'll be reflecting on the scripture readings we had today, but let me share with you again just one paragraph from the gospel. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Notice those two words. Love, joy. That's what Easter is about. Love and joy. And if we understand love and joy, we'll be people who are encourage one another. So I want to center on the word encourage for a few moments today. To encourage each other. If you look up the word encourage, it means to give support, confidence, or hope to someone. So if I encourage you, I want to give you confidence, hope. If you encourage me, you do the same thing. To speak and to act from the heart. So I want to encourage you today about joy and love from my heart. And that means we show our enthusiasm to and with others about God's love that we hear about in this gospel lesson today and about the joy of Easter. So who did you encourage this week? Or who can you encourage today when you're out there in the world? Remember the, the lines from that golden oldie song, Home on the Range? You know, it became the unofficial anthem of the American West. But it started in Kansas before anybody got out here to Oregon. The writer was looking at the plains in Kansas. And you know how it goes. You know the song, Home on the Range? Oh, give me a home where what? Hey, you know, the buffalo roam, the deer and the antelope play, seldom, where seldom is heard a what? Discouraging word, yeah. Seldom is heard a discouraging word. And the skies are not cloudy all day. Now, seldom is heard a discouraging word. There was a cartoon that came out a while back, maybe you saw it, but the antelope and the deer are looking out over the plains. Home on the range, looking out of the range. And the antelope turns his head and looks to the deer and he says, I think I heard a discouraging word. Today, there are too many discouraging words out there. They're just lying around, they're everywhere, even out in the great home on the range. Everywhere we go, it seems to be discouraging words we hear. We hear them in our homes, among our family members perhaps. We hear them at school, with our, what's going on in our universities. We hear them in politics, we hear them from the Democrats and the Republicans. We see them and read them on Twitter and Facebook, on down the line, and even in the church. We have discouraging words that we hear from each other sometimes. And so it becomes the new motto, demean the decent. Try to discourage people. Why is there so much discouragement today? 
Well, we don't want to go into that question, but let's take a look at the gospel today, how we should resolve and look at this. Jesus is talking here by his life and what it means. And the resurrection of Jesus gives us abiding love and joy. You see, the resurrection belongs at the center of our faith. That's who we are, Easter people. That's why the church worships on Sunday to remember Easter every Sunday. We are Easter people. Jesus Christ is risen. And Jesus says, that's about love and about joy. Love is how we speak, that we give encouragement words to others, that we interact and care for one another, that we care for each other and what's happening in our lives. And that love then, in turn, results in joy. That's what John says in the gospel today. Love turns to joy. Now, I read about a pastor who said this, not me, so don't, don't throw stones at me now, but um, he suggested we restructure the church into two committees. And get rid of all the rest of them, all the rest of all the boards and committees, and have two. The love committee and the joy committee. If we develop those two committees, he said, all events would center around love and joy. Now think about it for a moment. If we worked on love and joy as our main things, the Easter joy and Easter love, it would solve our evangelism program, would it not? People would want to come to church and be here, a place of love and joy. They'd flock in maybe. Stewardship would be handled. Finances would be taken care of. Christian education would be wonderful because people were coming to learn about love and joy and not discouragement, to be encouraged. Worship would be exciting and thrilling in the church. And certainly some of that is happening. I'm not saying it isn't. But think about the idea of two committees, love and joy. Because you see, all the things going on out there, in the community, in the schools, in the church, in our homes, just suck out the love and joy in our lives. And we become discouraged. There's so much discouragement today. And then our lives, when we get discouraged, they become crabby and they become grumpy. And we say discouraging words to other people and take out their joy and their love. So Easter, and some people say, Easter, love and joy, nah, not for me. How about you? Is Easter love and joy for you? Are you excited and full of love and joy because of Easter? I hope so, because that's who we are. We're Easter people. How much joy can you do this week? Share. How much love can you share this week? I challenge you to think about that. Don't be a discourager, be an encourager. The key to love and joy centers in forgiveness. That's why Jesus came, to forgive us our sins, our rebellion against God, and to restore us to a right relationship with God by going to the cross. He died for all. What love! That's Easter love, Easter joy, the cross. He paid for your sins and my sins there and sacrificed his body and blood that we might be forgiven and have eternal life. The key is forgiveness. And that brings Easter joy, Easter love. And that brings words of encouragement. 
I encourage you today with God's love and God's joy. Now, interesting, isn't it, in the reading in Acts, Peter saw the kingdom of God come to a whole household, but he was shocked. And these were Gentiles. God loved Gentiles? And above all, they were even Romans. Oh, those nasty Romans. He loved them. And on a soldier to boot? Oh, my goodness. Peter thought, what in the world's going on? God loves Gentiles, Romans, and soldiers? Well, think about it. Maybe we find it hard to love, too. I mean, other people, you know, like our neighbors, our grumpy neighbor, or that person at school we don't like, or at work we don't like, or can't get along with, all those people in church we don't like and can't get along with. I mean, you know, we, we have that same reaction sometimes, too, maybe. We find it hard to love sometimes. Maybe the skid row bum downtown is asking for a handout when he walks up to you. Yeah, we have to face that, too. Because you see, those people are loved just as much as we are loved. Peter discovered that man. God loves the Jews, but he also loves the Gentiles. And think about it this morning. Up here on the altar, we have some wine and some bread. We're going to take Jesus' love and his joy when we eat that wafer and drink that wine. Because in, with, and under that wafer, and that wine is the body and blood of Jesus Christ, given to you for the forgiveness of your sins, that you might live and have eternal life in heaven, and to strengthen you in this life to live in love and joy. We're asked then, when we leave the communion rail, to go out into the world and share that love and joy, to be encouragers, to encourage people. You see, Jesus loves through us. Remember old Benjamin Franklin, one of those leaders of our country? He always had wise statements, and he says, don't throw stones at your neighbor if you own windows of glass. Because they might come back at you, right? When we love with his love, it's potent. God's love is a potent force. It changes lives. It changes hearts. It's God's love that changed you and me. Because he first loved us, we can love him and love each other. This is the secret and the power of the universe. John talks about it in the gospel today. This is it. The secret of the universe is found in God's love and God's joy and that love and joy in us. Our lives are full with awesome potentiality. Think of the potential you and I have. The awesome potentiality that is in you and me because of God's love, God's mercy, God's forgiveness. And oh, maybe you realize this Thursday is a special day in the church here. What is it? Ascension Day. Celebrate the Ascension. We used to have Ascension Day worships, but those things have kind of gone by the wayside because nobody showed up anymore. Churches have dropped them. But it's a good day to remember. How many days after Ascension does come? How many days after Easter does Ascension come? 40 days. Always 40 days after Easter, which always means it falls on a Thursday. This Thursday is 40 days after Easter part of the Easter season, and we celebrate the ascension. Now, what does that mean? It means Jesus is no longer here, right? No. 
That's where the confusion is. Some people say, well, Jesus sent him to heaven. He's not here anymore. He's here among us with his spirit. He says, I will send you the spirit. And 10 days later at Pentecost, he sent his Holy Spirit to be in with and live with us. And we are to be encouragers, speaking and sharing Jesus with others. We have Christ in us. We share it with others. Let me share a couple of verses with you. There's a number of them that have the word encourage in them. But let me share a couple that I selected to share with you this morning to encourage you. 2 Thessalonians 2.17 says, May God encourage your heart and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Okay, Paul says to the Thessalonians and to us, May God encourage your heart. God do it. In Hebrews 4.13 it says, Encourage one another daily. That's That's for us to do. God encourages us. He strengthens us, and then he says, encourage one another daily. Hebrews 10.25 says, let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. Ah, there's that word encourage again. Encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. That final day, judgment day, or whatever the day when God comes and Jesus reappears, We encourage one another. That's our job, to encourage people, not discourage, encourage with the love and joy of Jesus. And one more verse. 1 Thessalonians 5, 14. Paul says, And we urge you, warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everybody. Ah, good advice for us, isn't it? Be good encouragers to people out there in the world, in our homes, in the neighborhood, in the church, in school, and wherever we may be. And encouragement can go a long ways, and you never know what it does. Now, some of us can remember Jackie Robinson, right? Most people in this service probably do. That's back in 1947, if you were up and about in those days. Jackie Robinson was the first black man to play Major League Baseball. But he forced venom venom, when he was out playing ball. Pitchers threw the ball at him, trying to hit him. He was a black man playing in their game, supposedly. Runners tried to spike him as they came into second base. He was an object of reproach at first. And one day he committed an error on second base, and he just stood there, petrified. The fans hurled insults at him because he made an error. At that point, another Dodger, the shortstop, a southern white man named Pee Wee Reese, which you may recognize, called time, walked over to Robinson, and put his arm around his shoulder. The fans in the stadium grew quiet. That was a remarkable action of encouragement. And later Robinson said, That arm around my shoulder saved my career. Just the arm around the shoulder. Just that word of encouragement. That's what you and I are to do to each other and to out there in the world and where we live and in our homes and in our churches and schools and where we are. Because you see, Jesus put his arm around us when we were discouraged. Because of our sin, he came and put his arm around us and saved us. And the day will come 
when we are home in heaven. Not home on the range, but home in heaven. And the buffalo will roam, the deer and the antelope will play, and there will be no discouraging words. Wow, can you imagine that? Living in a place where there's no discouraging words? You won't hear one discouraging word in heaven. How can that be? But that will be. No discouraging words, not one, ever to be heard again when we're in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. So in the meantime, Jesus says, encourage one another while we're living here in this life with love and joy. Because he loves you. Jesus loves me, this I know. The Bible tells me so. We sang it down through our lives. Yes, Jesus loves you and me. And he brings us joy. And we encourage one another. So please, let's be encouragers to each other as we go out into the world today and every day. In Jesus' name, amen.